evening. Good to have you with us. Uh, welcome to Desert Breeze Community Church on this uh, Christmas Eve of 2013. And uh, what a wonderful day this is. Let me uh, share with you some thoughts uh, from God's Word. I'd like to read an excerpt from the uh, classic Christmas text, Luke chapter 2. We'll just pull a couple verses from that. And it says here, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Maybe you're more familiar with the, uh, the text from the song, Peace on earth, how does that go? Goodwill toward men, yeah. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men, or peace among those, this would be the more accurate rendering, peace among those with whom he is pleased. What does that mean? What does that mean? That's a, it's, it's such a significant phrase. What does that mean to our lives? We've been celebrating Christmas for 2,000 years, and it doesn't seem any more peaceful on this planet earth you turn on the newscast any night of the week and you will see our world is in turmoil. And the holidays are anything but peaceful. They are typically the most stressful time of the year and for many, very lonely time associated with depression and suicide. So what does he mean by that? Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. A number of years ago, my one of my sisters gave me a Christmas gift and I hung on to it, and it still had the plastic wrap on it. And I just took the plastic wrap off just to today. So I was curious because it was kind of an interesting uh, Christmas gift. Not a big Christmas gift, but, it was, uh, but, there's, but there's something in here, and it says, Home for the Holidays, a survival kit. So I opened this up today, and uh, this is what I found. I found a little flask. Earplugs, okay, so a survival kit, Home for the Holidays survival kit. And then inside, there's a Home for the Holidays survival guide, which helps you to deal with that bratty nephew or that inebriated uncle. Gives you insight on how to deal with that perfectionistic mom or that know-it-all father-in-law. But this is what I found really quite interesting is it actually had some cards in there on excuses to leave a family holiday party early. <laughs> so here's, here's some excuses here. I found this really uh, quite interesting. Uh, here's, uh, let, me, let me shuffle these a little bit. Here's one. Uh, I'm under house arrest and need to get back before my parole officer finds out I'm gone. Okay, there's, there's, there's a good excuse. And then uh, here's another one. My insurance won't authorize the additional therapy sessions that I'll need after this. <laughs> or uh, here's, here's the last one I'll share with you. I ate Aunt Edna's. I ate Aunt Edna's dessert, and now I feel that I may see it again. Um, so, I mean, it, it, I appreciate it. Maybe my sister knew something that I didn't know, and uh, I needed some help in dealing with the holidays with, with family. And there's certainly a lot of stress around the holidays. 
And uh, let, me, let me just say, I've got a better solution for you, much better solution. If you've got your program, you'll see a verse there. It's John 14, 26. This is what Jesus said. Here's our solution in dealing with the stress of the holidays or just the stress of life. There's plenty of stress in life. And this is what Jesus said to his disciples. And this was part of the upper room discourse. And so uh, this is just shortly before uh, he's going to exit. He's going to leave them. He's going to be hung on a cross. They're going to be pretty stressed out, believe me. And in fact, even after he resurrects, they're going to experience a great deal of persecution. And this is what he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. So he's giving us a kind of peace that's different from the kind of peace that you might get in this world. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be, let them be afraid. Um, how many could use uh, maybe a little dose of peace uh, here tonight or maybe during the holidays as we head into a brand new year? Show of hands. Yeah, okay, quite a number of us. I certainly could. And uh, maybe if you didn't raise your hand, maybe you're in denial. <laughs> or maybe you're medicated. Or, or maybe you just haven't uh, faced anything of any serious consequence. Maybe life has gone really quite well for you. And, and what I, f- I find about the scripture is that it's, it's pretty straight up. It doesn't pull punches. It just says, hey, guess what? We will face difficulty. Why would he say this? Peace I, I give to you. They, because they're about ready to face some heavy persecution, some real hardship. Jesus even said it in uh, John sixteen thirty three. In this world, you will have problems. You'll have difficulty. But take heart, I've overcome the world. So the Bible doesn't pull any punches, says it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And yet in the midst of the difficulties, God gives us a peace. We don't need to freak out. We don't get, need to get stressed out. But God will give us a peace. And in fact, peace is not the absence of problems, but the presence of Christ. It's the presence of the person and work of Jesus Christ. That's really what Christmas is about. It's the celebration of the person and work of Jesus Christ. And, and this is what I found in my own life, that any time that I'm struggling with, with peace horizontally in my relationships, whether it be, you know, uh, family, working through financial issues, or, or whatever it might be, I'm able to do that in direct proportion to, I'm able to deal with peace this way or harmony this way horizontally in relationships in direct proportion to how much peace I've got going on in my heart. Typically, we have issues this way because we've got major issues going on right inside of us internally. And the reason why we have internal issues going on, this lack of peace in our hearts, is because we have a disconnect with, with God. We, we don't understand the peace, the peace we have with God. Therefore, we don't have the peace of God guarding our hearts and minds and then therefore equipping us to be able to deal with anything we may face here in the horizontal in our lives, in our relationships, whatever it might be. And so what is, what is he talking about here? Let me give you five, five keys to the peace that I believe that he's talking about here. Even in the midst of a, of a fallen world, a broken world, how can I have a sense of peace uh, in the midst of turmoil? Well, this is how we can do that. Number one is that we've got to accept God's pardon 
accept God's pardon. Romans 5.1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, the word justified means to be in, in right relationship with God. To, to be in a right relationship with God, since we have been justified by faith, we have what? We have peace with God. So there's no... Everything is okay between God and I. Uh, by the way, you need to know this. The Bible makes it very clear is that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. Death means uh, separation. When someone by, dies physically, their body is separated from their soul. When we die spiritually, which the Bible says we are born into this condition of death, we are separated from God. We do not have a relationship with God. And, uh, and so... And there's nothing that we can do to bridge that gap, but God did that for us. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Faith in who? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is what's really incredible, and this is why I'm a believer today and I'm a Christian today, is because when I begin to understand the, the essence of the Christian faith, it was stunningly beautiful. It was it was simply, as C.S. Lewis says, simply irresistible. This is what separates Christianity from all the major cultural religions of our world today. You see, Christianity isn't good advice at what you must do to be right with God. If you don't get anything else, get this. So many people do not understand Christianity. Okay, yeah, I've got to live by the you know, golden rule, or I've got to live by the Ten Commandments, and then maybe somehow I'll appease God. No, that's not Christianity. That fits into some other category, but it's not Christianity. It's called religion. So Christianity is not, the gospel isn't good advice at what you must do to be right with God, but it is good news of what God has done to make us right with Him. That's amazing. It's a gift. Through the sacrificial love of Jesus. So th this is what's amazing. Therefore, since we have been justified, so I'm in right relationship. I have peace with God. If you had any idea that everything between you and God was, was cool, it's taken care of. In, in fact, that's a, big, that's a big question because what happens when you die? You know that when you die, you take your last breath on earth, you'll take your first breath in heaven to be with him for all eternity. It's much, much more than that. It really involves a lot of our life, even right now. We'll talk about that as we work through that. But it's all been paid for. It's been paid in full through the sacrificial love of Jesus. I, I don't know that we really understand that, and that's what he's talking about here. Accept God's pardon. All of my sins, past, present, and future. There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. He will no longer hold my sins against me. Yeah, but I'm going to sin tomorrow. Yes, you will. But he's not going to hold that against you. And the more you begin to understand that and you live in the reality of that, you accept his pardon. Oh, my goodness, it begins to change your life. That, that's what changes you. It's not that you change somehow to appease God. No, no. You have his pleasure. You are pleasing to him. Therefore, that begins to transform your life. And that leads you to the next, next important truth. Number two, enjoy God's presence. Because of that, because I've accepted God's pardon, I can enjoy God's presence. That's the best present. His presence at Christmas. And when we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating we have the presence of God. Take a look at this next verse. In fact, let's, let's read this verse together and aloud. You guys ready? 
It's up on the screen. Here we go. One, two, three. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. I can enjoy his presence because, because everything is okay between God and I because of the sacrificial love of Jesus. I now have his presence. And the psalmist is saying, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, because he's my strength, because he's my stability. I'm not going to be shaken by life. I'm not going to get stressed out. I don't need to. Now listen to me. When you begin to understand who it is that walks through your day with you and that he will never leave you or forsake you and it's not based on your performance, how good you're doing in your life. It's based on his performance and what he did and you can always come running back into his arms of love. Oh my goodness, you can face anything. You can face anything. That's the point. What an amazing, what amazing peace that you can have to navigate through the difficulties of life. You have his presence. So accept God's pardon, enjoy God's presence. And then, and of course, of course, you're going to want to do this. You're going to obey God's principles. Number three, let's read this next verse together in aloud. Psalm 119, 165. You guys ready? Nice and loud. Here we go. One, two, three. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. Wow, great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. If you want to have great peace, another word for that would be harmony or success in finances, relationships, health, parenting, marriage, singleness, career, whatever, whatever applies to your life. If you want to have harmony and peace, you want to have success, you will love to have God tell you how to live your life. Yeah, that's, that's what he's saying. Great peace have those who love your law. I love law speaking of God's word. I love having God tell me how to live my life. That almost sounds crazy, doesn't it? But that's the Christian life. You love having God tell you how to live out your life in every dimension of your life. Who in their right mind would do that? Who would do that? It, it would be someone, someone who, who understands that they were created by God, a God who knows everything about you and has an outrageous love for you and wants you to succeed in every area of your life and that he has given us a book of principles that all point ultimately to Jesus, but principles on how we can live our lives out, how we are to live our lives out, a book of principles to live by. And here's the amazing thing. We don't obey him. We don't live our life according to these principles to to win his favor, to somehow earn his favor. No, we already have his favor. We have his presence. Therefore, we live according to his word because it's a wonderful way to live. It's a great way to live. It's a great way to to do marriage. It's a great way to be a parent, a good parent. It's a great way to handle your finances. It's a great way to live. Let me go back to the, the statement that we started with. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men, or peace among those with whom he is pleased. He is pleased. We have his favor. If he's pleased in which he is because we have received his pardon, we accept his pardon, we enjoy his presence. Therefore, we're going to have peace. That's what he's talking about there. And then we're going to live according to his principles. And then number four, we're going to ask God's 
ask for God's provision. Philippians 6 and 7, chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And now let's read verse 7 together and aloud. This is a great verse because he's telling us this is what's going to happen. If you take your request to God, you talk to God about these things, you look to his provision, this is what you're going to experience. Verse 7, here we go. We're going to read it together. It starts right there, and the peace of God. Do you see it there? One, two, three. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, why would he say, he says, don't be anxious. Don't let life jerk you around. Don't get stressed out. Don't worry about anything. That pretty much covers everything, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, why thanksgiving? And then he goes on. If indeed we've had this interaction with God, the living God who created us and loves us, we're going to have the peace of God that goes beyond our understanding. People are going to look at our lives when we typically maybe would have freaked out, stressed out. They're going to say, wow, there's something different. What's going on? It's because you have, you're not being anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, you're letting your request be made known to God and you're leaving him, leaving those requests in God's hands. You're letting him take care of it. So why does he say thanksgiving? And why does he say the peace of God which surpasses all understanding? Because, because you know in your heart, you're thanking God before he even answers, because you know that God will give to you what you would have asked for if you knew everything that he knew. You know because you know that he is, and as you get to know him, you know that he is perfect in love. He's infinite in wisdom. And he's unlimited in his power. And so the more you get to know him, see, the problem with, oftentimes the reason why we're stressed out is because we just, we don't know who it is that walks through our day with you. We're not, we haven't cultivated this, this level of intimacy and this relationship with him to where we can just rest in him and we can take those requests to him and we can talk to him about it. And we turn it over to him. We don't know how to do that. And we don't understand those characteristics about God. And, uh, and, and, of course, as we begin to do that, that leads to the next thing. As we have asked for God's provision, we can trust God's plan. That's number five. And now look at these two verses. Maybe many of you have memorized these verses. These are great memory verses. All of these are great memory verses, but these particularly, I've memorized these. These are Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Boy, I've gone back to these regularly when I've gone through difficult times in my own life. In fact, let's, uh, let's read these together aloud, both these verses. You guys ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths or he will direct your paths. Did you notice this? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean upon your own understanding. How many have ever experienced something in your life on a scale from severe tragedy to, wow, what was that about? Uh, that you just said, I do not understand why this happened. I do not understand. I, have, I see no good out of this. Or maybe you could see a little bit, but still you're struggling with it. Show of hands. How many would say, I've got a number of things or one thing or a few things? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is what he's saying. These are God's words to us. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean upon your understanding. You're going to make sense of it on this side of eternity. That's what he's saying. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. The word acknowledge, I used to think that word just meant Tip your head to God. Yep, just acknowledge that he's here. No, no. That word actually means to develop 
intimacy with the infinite God. Cultivate a relationship with him. And the more you do that, the more you trust in him, the more you're going to trust him because it's only natural and normal. The more you get to know him, the more you're going to naturally trust him. And the more you naturally trust him, the more the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. See, our, our anxiety issues are really an issue of a failure to, to trust God. And our failure to trust God is a failure to really get to know God. Now, listen to me. And, 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 and I'll validate that, validate what I'm about to say in just a moment. But uh, you can trust his love. You can trust his love. In his love, he wants what is best for you. Believe me. Believe me, he, in his love, he wants what is best for you. In his wisdom, he knows what is best for you. He knows you better than you know yourself. In his infinite wisdom, he knows what is best for you. And in his sovereignty, in his unlimited power, he will do it. And he is doing it. And so therefore, what we have to do is we have to learn how to trust God. Trust in the Lord with all of our heart, not lean upon our own understanding. In all of our ways, acknowledge him, cultivate intimacy with him, and he will direct our paths. God is even and especially at work in the worst of times doing a thousand things no one can see but him for our good and his glory. Now, let me validate all of what, I'm, what I've just said here. This is how we're going to wrap it up here. So how do I know for sure? Okay, you've told me that I can experience this peace in the midst of chaos, in the midst of problems. If I accept God's pardon, how do I know that I really have his pardon? How do I know that... Uh, I can enjoy his presence. How do I know that, you know, following, obeying his principles are really the best way to live? How do I know that I can ask for his provision? He's going to take care of me. He's going to guide me and direct me. And how can I know that I can trust God's plan? Here's my answer, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. God so loved you that he gave, that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, that eternal life is more than just a a quantity of life. It's a quality of life. Now, listen to me. There is a quality of life that can be found in Jesus Christ that all the money, all the fame and fortune, all the athleticism, all the whatever you could add and think that if I had that, my life would be something, can't even come close to the kind of life that the Lord Jesus Christ gives to us. That's, That's what he's talking about here. Eternal life, not just quantity of life, but a quality of life that goes beyond any other kind of life apart from him. Regardless of whatever you might add to that life that would be apart from him. Regardless. It is an amazing life and it begins the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And you better hang on because it's a phenomenal life. It's a great life. It's a wonderful life. It's life to its fullest. John 10.10. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the fullest. Now, whatever it is that you might be pursuing, we pursue a lot of things in life thinking that that's what's going to make us happy. And yeah, maybe for a time, but nothing, nothing will make you as happy as knowing him, walking with him, experiencing him in your life. That's what you were created for. You were created to know him. Whatever's gotten in the way of maybe confusing you with that understanding of him, he's here tonight. He wants you to meet him. He wants you to know him. And the more you get to know him, the more you experience him in your life. You're going to have peace. When you have peace with God, when you have peace with God, you're going to have the peace of God that will rule your heart and mind. And believe me, you're going to be able to deal with all the horizontal chaos in your life because of that. That's what he wants us to experience. Now, 
We're going to be uh, passing out communion and those that are going to be helping us pass out the communion if you'd make your way back to the room here. And let me explain communion to you. If you're not a believer, just let it pass. Uh, you can become a believer tonight by, by putting your faith in Jesus. It's, it's as, as simple as acknowledging that your sin separates you from God, believing that Jesus Christ came to die for us, and then turning your life over to him, saying, hey, I want him at the center of my life. I want this peace with God and therefore this peace of God to rule my heart and mind. And you can do that by prayer through faith tonight between you and him. I, and if you do that, feel free to take communion with us. If you're not a believer, as I said, just let it pass. As those of you that take communion, it's they're double cupped, and so the bread is below. There's two cups. The one on the bottom is the bread, and the one on the top is the juice. So grab both of them, hang on to them, and we'll walk us through the process. Here's what I want you to think about as we sing this song, Silent Night. And this is how I'm going to validate what I've just said, is that... If God didn't withhold from us his very own son, will God withhold anything he deems best and right for us? Absolutely not. Here's another question. If trust must be earned, hasn't God earned our trust through the the crown of thorns pushed down on his head and the nails driven into his hands and, and feet and the death that he died on the cross for you and I? Absolutely. Just think about that. And, uh, as they're passing that out, let me just say a quick prayer here. Father God, I pray that uh, this, you would speak to our hearts, that indeed we would know that we have peace with you so that we can have the peace of God ruling our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus as we take communion in Jesus' name. Amen. tells us in Romans 8, uh, 31 and 32, pretty, pretty powerful verses. It says... Uh, that if God is for us, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him freely give us all things? So what those verses are saying is that if he took care of our worst problem, our worst problem is that we were going to spend eternity away from God, apart from God. We were eternally separated from him. And, and he, came, he came to this earth and took care of that problem for us. That's amazing. It's just crazy, crazy love that he has for us. And so if he took care of your worst problem, guess what? He's got all the others covered. You can rest in his love. And so as we take communion, it's just, it's an acknowledgement of that. It's like, wow, it's, it's all about you, Jesus. You came to rescue me. My life is in your hands. I trust you. I look to you. I bring my, my problems to you. And, uh, and so as we look at communion, it, it really re- represents the cross. And as we look at the cross, the cross is telling us a couple different things. It's telling us, first of all, that you and I are more sinful than we ever dared to think. That, that has a way of humbling us. I'm more sinful than I ever dared to think. I was so sinful that Jesus had to die. There was no other way that would bridge the gap that separated me from God. No other way. So his sacrificial love on the cross is indispensable. And extremely costly. I mean, God, the God of the galaxies came to this earth and died for us. I told you, it's nothing like any other religion. It's stunningly beautiful. But it doesn't just stop there with, with humbling us in, in our understanding of sin, but it, but it also tells us that uh, you and I are more loved than we ever dared to dream. He loved us so much he wanted to die for us. So it brings this, this humble confidence in our life.
It's a great way to live. It's a wonderful way to live. And it's a, it's a way of just, your, your focus comes off of you and onto Him. And you become captivated. Your heart becomes really smitten by the beauty and the glory of who Jesus is. Your heart is ravished by His love. And that, my friends, is what changes you. That's what changes you. It's not your performance and you earn His favor. You got His favor. You have His favor. It's a matter of really believing that and embracing it and entering into that. And so Jesus was with his disciples in the upper room. It was the night that he was going to be betrayed. And uh, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this represents my broken body for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. That same night he took the cup. It was wine. And he said, this represents my shed blood for you. Uh, this is the new covenant, and do this in remembrance of me until I come back and get you. Let's drink together. So, Father, thank you so much. For on this Christmas Eve, we are reminded that um, there was nothing that we could do to get ourselves to you, to have a relationship with you, to get us to heaven, but you came down. And through your son, you have rescued us and you have given us eternal life. What an amazing life we have in you. And we thank you for that life in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Uh, A couple things here real quick. We wrap up our Rekindle teaching series this next weekend. Come out and join us for one of our two services, uh, 9 or 11. And uh, we're talking about hope. Hope is not just wishful thinking. It's, it's joyful, confident expectation. It would be a great, great way to end the year and head into a brand new year. What are you hoping for? What, do you, what are you banking on, so to speak? What kind of joyful, confident expectation do you have? I'm going to talk to you about what we can, we can take to the bank. I mean, we can just say, hey, this is what I can expect as it relates to my relationship with God. This is what God wants to do in my life. And then after that, we're going to kick off a brand new teaching series calling it Crazy Busy, Going from Burnout to Balance. We spent about eight weeks on that topic, just kind of working through those issues so that we can cultivate this relationship with God. Would you stand with us as we conclude our time together with this final song?